whether single, married or divorced, many men find a time when they need to pay attention to the finances. This is going to be the subject of today's podcast from 22plusy.com. Hi, my name is Stephen Hooper from 22plusy.com. Stress is a major factor in both our physical and mental well-being. And one area where stress often arises is in the managing of money. So this podcast aims to look at different areas of financial well-being, financial health, and provide some suggestions on getting on top of our finances and reducing stress. So the first thing is to understand what personal finance actually means. It's more than just looking at a paycheck. Our financial health impacts pretty much every aspect of our life. For example, if we don't have enough savings for an emergency, let's say the car breaks down, you need the car to get to work or get the kids to school, or pick the kids up if you're you know, divorced or separated and you're, you've got maintenance and, and the like of kids, you need the car to pick the kids up. Let's say the boiler breaks down in your house or your flat, that's going to cost money. Let's say you get ill, you can't work. These days, the government in the UK only really says statutory sick pay is next to nothing. It doesn't cover any real costs at all. So do you have sufficient savings to cover those sort of emergencies? Do you have unmanageable credit card debt? Most people have some credit card debt to some degree, but is it manageable in your case? If it isn't, then that's going to be creating stress. Credit scores are all in the news at the moment. You can get free credit scores from different places. And the reason it's in the news is because everywhere looks at your credit rating. And it can even affect applications for jobs or for finance. Let's say you need to buy a new sofa, for example, or a new car. If your credit report is bad, you're not going to be able to get finance on it. And a real-life example of this is somebody that I know from many, many years ago had no debt at all. They paid the mortgage off, they didn't have a credit card, they had excellent control of their money and no debt for years. They went to get a mobile phone contract and they didn't qualify because their credit rating, their credit score was so poor because they had no credit history for them to make a judgment on. And it actually turned out that their daughter had to stand as a guarantor for their parents to have a mobile phone contract even though their parents were comfortably financially well off and had no debts. The credit report said not having this you're not credit worthy so they couldn't get a mobile phone contract. Seems crazy but that's the way it works. The other thing is that money related worry causes stress. Things like loss of sleep, high blood pressure, depression, these sort of things all come out of the stress that can be attributed almost directly to financial issues. Particularly if we're in a situation where we've got other things going on in our life that are stressful and not managing our money properly just adds to that. Probably just adds to that. 
We end up in a situation where we rely on expensive loans, if we are able to get loans, or using multiple credit cards. I know someone very close to me who I thought was actually reasonably well off, that they had maybe a thousand pounds worth of debt on something. When I actually started to look at their finances for them to help them, they had 13,000 pounds worth of debt across seven credit cards. Just totally unmanageable. And I guess another element is if you don't have any budget planning or expense tracking going on in your life, if you're not monitoring, you have no visibility of what's coming in and what's going out or when. If you don't have that visibility, you don't actually have a plan either to get out of it. So it all stems really to the basic thing of stepping back, having a look at what's going on, coming up with a plan to manage it. So as well as understanding the importance of financial health and how it impacts every day in our life, we need to look at maybe managing this in such a way that we can set financial goals. We can identify any short-term debts that we may have and any long-term financial debts that we may have, as well as short-term financial goals and long-term financial goals. Where do you want to be? What do you want to do with your money? This could be looking towards retirement, depending on how old you are, but it could also be looking at maybe moving house or relocating, something like this. Unless you've got visibility and you understand what's going on with your personal finances, you're never going to be able to achieve it. With the best will in the world, you're never going to be able to achieve it. So we need to start looking at setting financial goals for ourselves. This sounds a bit puritanical coming from uh, somebody remote talking into a microphone, but I am incredibly bad with money. My now ex-wife used to manage all of our personal finances and she was really good at it. She was on, on the ball. And unless I failed to tell her something, if I'd forgotten to tell her about something, she knew what was going on almost to the penny. Really, really good. And all the years we were together, which was 28 years of marriage, so over 30 years together, we never once went into debt, in uncontrolled debt. We had finance for things, furniture, car, this sort of thing. We bought a motorhome with some finance, but everything was managed and she kept on top of everything. I, on the other hand, am very reactive. If I see something that I think I want, I think I can afford it, I'll just do it. And then I'll deal with the fallout afterwards and I get myself in a right mess. So this isn't coming from somebody speaking puritanically about, you need to do this, you need to do that. This is me having learned about managing my own finances. I'm on my own and the only person that's gonna manage my finances now is me. And so I've had to find ways to do this and to learn how to do this. And it's been quite a curve, I have to say, but, I'm on top of my finances, personal finances. My business finances are something else. That's something totally different. And I have somebody who helps me with that, with the business bookkeeper. My personal finances were a disaster until I started to take action. So taking action, it all comes down to the basics. Budgeting. You create a budget that aligns with what your goals are, whether they're to pay off debts or whether they're to achieve something. 
and then you track your income and your expenses and you can start to put together a plan. Now, I mentioned my previous situation with, with my ex-wife. She did everything with a notebook and pen. She hates computers, absolute technophobe. But she had a notebook and pen which she used to carry around with her and she had everything documented in that little notebook with her pen and every month she would create a new page for the month and everything was filled out, all the regular things. It seems archaic, but bloody hell did it work. It was superb. I never understood it, but she understood it perfectly. And we never ever got into uncontrolled debt. We never ever had an overdraft on our bank accounts, ever. Even though times were tough. So you can do this with just a notebook and pen. Obviously, there are spreadsheets. You can download, I'll put some links in the show notes. You can download templates to help you with manage your budget. Um, they're relatively straightforward. They work in most spreadsheet tools. So if you're using Google Docs or if you're using Apple Numbers or if you're using Microsoft Excel or OpenOffice, one of these sort of things, it's a general standard format that you can use in any of these tools and they're relatively easy to use. And then the next level, which is the one that I use, and it's been fantastic for me, is something called YNAB. Y-N-A-B. You need a budget. It's a piece of software you pay annually for it. I think it's about $80 or something for a year. It is fantastic. It's been an absolute life changer for me. I put in my bank accounts. It automatically links to the bank accounts. So any spending I do, credit cards or anything like that, it automatically will pull in any transactions, give you a running balance on your account, but you can also project forward. It's not just an expense tracker. It's actually a budgeting tool. So you can say, well, okay, I've got, my car insurance is due in October. I need to have 320 pounds for my car insurance in October. You put that in as a goal and from where you are if you've got nothing in that, in that allocated account it will work out how much you need to put in every month so it works that all out for you and as you then put in your income so you put your salary in or whatever however it is you get your income you put that in as an inflow to be accounted for and how much you need to account each month for these critical things and it shows you your balance and it shows you what you're building up in your account ready to pay that bill when it comes in in October for your car insurance. It's a wonderful piece of software, absolutely fantastic. I'll put some links to that in the show notes as well. I strongly recommend if you get an opportunity, download it, give it a trial, you'll be amazed at what YNAB can do. It's truly amazing. So that's budgeting. The other thing we need to do is we need to actually get on top of any debts that we've got. We need to look at debt management need to understand the different types of debt and the debt traps that we can get into and come up with a plan for paying off the debts. Well, YNAB will help with that for a start in terms of actually looking at the numbers. But let's actually have a look at some of the practical ways of doing this. Prioritise the debt repayment. That's the first thing. Get a list of all of the outstanding debts, including the capital amount you need and any interest that's being charged on a monthly basis. Then prioritise those debts so you're hitting the biggest and hardest ones first. If you've got debts that have a 35% APR on a credit card, 
and you've got an overdraft which is charging you 7%. Guess which one you need to attack first? Hit the hardest ones, the most difficult ones first, and hit them hard. So you prioritise them by the amount it's costing you every month to clear off those debts. Get the highest interest rate down first, and then start to prioritise down from there. If you do it that way round, you will get your debts down quicker. Often, you can ask a lender to give you a payment holiday. It's not free, but as long as they know you're trying to manage the debt, they will often give you a payment holiday, a period of three months, six months, whatever, where you don't have to pay anything. They won't cause you any issues. They won't come hounding you for the money if you're trying to pay down your debts. And if you can do that, you can then focus on the really critical ones that you can get rid of quickly. Credit cards tend to be one of those. Once you've identified all of these, one of the other things that you can do is to consolidate the debt. If you've got credit cards and loans and overdrafts for different people, different vendors, you've got maybe finance on, on a car or on some furniture for the house or some white goods for the kitchen, if you speak to your lender, your primary lender, a bank for example, you can say, I want a consolidation loan. And what they'll do is look at everything that you owe and the interest rates on those things, because they tend to be, if they're a small individual purchase, they tend to be quite a high interest rate. And then they'll provide a loan which will cover all of that, albeit over a longer term, but at a much lower interest rate and much lower repayments. It will enable you to clear all of the expensive loans almost overnight, get rid of them, and have a manageable amount that you can afford to pay every month to bring down the consolidation loan. It's a really powerful way of reducing your overall long-term debt and getting yourself back into a good, healthy position. It's called a consolidation loan and most banks will provide a consolidation loan if you have the necessary credit ratings, etc. As I said, you can also ask your lenders for payment holidays, or you can say, look, I'm really having trouble making these payments. Can we maybe have a, a payment plan to recover this and get this back on track, or a low interest rate, but over a longer period? If you can't get a consolidation loan, which would probably be the best overall solution, try negotiating with the individual creditors. It can make a huge difference. Huge difference. And I guess once you've been through the process of looking at the debts that you've got and how you're going to clear them, avoid new debt at all cost. Avoid debt until you're in a position where all debt becomes manageable. You don't want to get deeper into debt if you're already in debt. Unless it's absolutely necessary, for example, let's say that the boiler has broken down and you've got no heating or hot water in your house or your flat and you've got to replace it and you don't have the money, then you've got to get finance. You've got to get debt of some sort to be able to get that working. You can't go without hot water or, or heating. This is the 21st century. If it's absolutely necessary, then you find a way of paying for it, but look for the cheapest possible way. And if you're looking at getting a consolidation loan, maybe factor that in. 
so that you've got that flexibility. Maybe you can say, I need a consolidation loan of, let's pick a number, £25,000 to clear all of my debts. If you can get a consolidation loan with £30,000 and have that £5,000 in something like a, a, a fast access, instant access ISO or something, you do not touch it. It's there for emergencies. You've now still got a payment plan that you can work on, but you've got a buffer that will keep you out of trouble if your boiler breaks down, for example. If you don't need to finance it, don't finance it until you're in a position where you're straight. If you are in a position where you can recover your your credit rating by, by making payments regularly, etc., and staying on top of things, and you have some left over, start to build up an emergency fund. If you have an emergency fund sitting in something like an ISA, it's tax-free. I believe at the moment you can put up to £20,000 a year uh, per, per tax year into an ISA in the UK. If you have the, the funds to be able to put some money away somewhere that you're not going to see, and even better if you can have it automatic so you don't even have to make the payment, it just happens automatically, you won't even know the money's gone, you can start to build up an emergency fund. Ideally, your emergency fund should cover you for three to six months worth of expenses. So you can look at your expenses, you can go into YNAB if you use YNAB, which I strongly recommend. You can go into something like YNAB or your spreadsheet in Excel, look three or six months of time and say, okay, for, the, for to survive for three months, I need to have this much money available. Because if I lose my job or if, I, if I'm become ill and I'm only getting statutory sick pay, I still need to be able to cover all of my expenses. So that should become your target, a long-term goal for you to have an emergency fund that will cover you for three, six months, something like that. The other thing you can do is to seek professional help. Now, I'm not a professional. I'm just somebody who's been through the process of being in debt and worked using whatever tools I could do and whatever knowledge I could gain to get myself out of debt. But you can, even with a bank, go to them for some professional help, free professional help. If you're genuinely trying to get out of debt and you want to work with your bank to get out of debt, they will sit with you and help you put together a plan. They really will. Failing that, you can find a credit counsellor or a financial planner and get them to help you, but they will charge you. And you're trying to avoid costs, you're trying to avoid debt, you're trying to get to a point of financial stability and financial well-being. Now the other thing that's important, and I'm saying don't get into debt, we actually need a degree of debt to be able to have a credit rating. It sounds really weird, really odd, but as I said before about this person who couldn't get a mobile phone contract, despite being financially comfortable and having no debt and having had no debt for years and years if you have a credit rating everything becomes accessible to you and you are viewed differently to people that don't have a credit rating or very poor credit rating so it's worth doing a credit check I, I bank with Lloyds Bank in the UK and I know other banks do similar things I can go into the mobile app and I can look at my credit rating free of charge whenever I want and it's updated I think it's updated every couple of weeks but I can go in there and I can look at my credit rating and it'll tell me if my credit rating's high low poor good healthy whatever it tells me my credit rating and it's completely free there are other services you can go to 
online, for example, Equifax and Experian, people like these, they advertise on TV. But fundamentally, the ones that come free with your bank account pretty much use that information anyway. And if you're looking to do something with the bank anyway, then use their tool. But credit, having a credit rating, as bizarre as it sounds, can be really positive for your financial health. It sounds really bizarre. I think it's bizarre, but how else are they supposed to know whether you're a good credit risk or not, I suppose? You, you have to have some history. Pay your bills on time. Whatever you do, pay your bills when they're due. You don't have to pay them early necessarily, but pay them on time. Don't be late with any bills. Set up automatic payments or set up automatic reminders for you to pay your bills. If you've got a mobile phone, you've got a calendar. If you've got a mobile phone, you've got a to-do list and a reminders tool built into your phone. There's no excuse for not having reminders to do things. If you have credit cards, get them down to a point where they are below 30% of your credit rating, credit limit rather. So if you've got a, a £10,000 credit limit on your credit card, keep it below 3000 Some people say 50%. I would err on the safety side and say 30%. If you keep your credit card balance below 30% of the credit card limit, that will be very positive for your credit rating. It makes a huge difference. I know somebody who recently they had a credit card where they were about 75%, 70-75% of the credit limit on their credit card and their credit rating was pretty poor. They'd sold their house, or flat actually, they'd sold their flat and they had some cash sitting waiting until they bought the new place. So what I said was, why don't you move a few thousand from there into your credit card, clear off that debt because it's costing you a lot of money every month anyway, and get it below 30% of the credit limit. They did this and within a week their credit score had rocketed because they were now in control, seen to be by the services, seen to be in control of their finances. It was as simple as that. They All they did was show, I don't need this credit, I've got a credit limit, I don't need it because I'm in control of it and I'm below 30%. It made a massive difference in just a matter of a week or so. The, the credit rating went from okay-ish, fair-ish, to excellent. And that's absolutely true. It actually went into excellent. It's, it's gone back to, to good now. But within a week of doing this, it went into excellent. And this was just the free bank credit score. Once you get yourself into a, a, a good, solid condition, you've got rid of all your debts, everything's under control again, think about having some credit that will allow you to maintain a credit score. So even if you don't necessarily need to pay for a washing machine using a credit card, I would always advocate you do that anyway in the UK because then you're protected. I think it's section 71 of the Finance Act or something or other. But if you pay for something, you don't need to use a credit card because you've got cash, you've got your emergency funding, but you use it and then you pay it off at the end of the month, your credit rating will rocket. It's incredible. So just do that. 
keep your credit rating at a position where people will look at that and say, yeah, this person's actually in control of their finances. They know what they're doing. If you're applying for a job, most employers will do a credit check because they'll get an idea, a picture of how you are. Any credit you do get, use it for essential purposes. Pay it off every month in full. Your credit rating will rise and you'll be in control of things and your stress level will go down, which is what this ultimately is all about. Once you've got yourself in a position where things are square, you need to look at the mindset around borrowing. It's very easy, unfortunately it's made too easy for us to get credit in the UK. I go back to the person who owed over £13,000 on seven different credit cards because they could just apply for a credit card and they did and then they maxed it out and then they applied for another one, maxed it out, applied for another one. So they built up all this massive debt that they just couldn't manage. And it was just getting it because the interest rates are so high in the order of 35% APR. This was just out of control. They were never getting it down. They now have a consolidation loan from the bank, which has cleared those credit cards. The accounts have been closed, the cards destroyed, and there's now a fixed repayment, a much more acceptable interest rate, which will, I think it's over three years but it will actually clear all of this at a measured value, a measured rate, something they can predict, something they can budget for, and it's under control. It's about the mindset. Do you need to be spending this money all the time? It might make us feel good initially, but realistically, have a look back at one of our other podcasts about happiness. I believe it's entitled Happiness is Nothing. We get a kick out of buying we get a, a, a mental kick, we get a dopamine hit out of buying. But you've probably heard the term buyer's remorse. You see something, it looks really appealing, you buy it, and almost as soon as you walk out the shop, you think, what have I just done? Why have I done that? Why have I spent that? I'm never gonna use this, This isn't. I don't need this. You had the dopamine hit of doing the purchase, and then you've got the regret, the buyer's remorse. And the buyer's remorse will last a lot longer, a lot longer than the dopamine that, that you experience as an act of buying something. So you need to understand the psychology behind it and the fact that it's a chemically based decision for us in many cases. We are looking to get a hit, get a, a high from buying something. So we do that and then we end up in this situation of spiralling debts, everything's out of control. So, first of all, understand where you sit with your finances. Set the goals you have for your finances. Then create a budget to help you achieve it. Understand that when we buy something, we buy it because some things we need. But everything we, we go to a shop to buy or we buy it online, it's packaged by professional marketing people to make us want to buy it. It's done deliberately so that we think, oh, that's wonderful, I want that, I need that. Do you really? If you stop and think, find another way of getting the dopamine hit. Go out in the garden, look at the grass, look at all the insects walking around inside the grass, crawling around in the grass. Look at the clouds and realize that a one kilometer by one kilometer square cloud 
that area, which is a tiny cloud, weighs 500 tonnes. Get your dopamine hit out of other things that don't cost you any money. Things that just allow you to go, wow. If you live near the sea, go to the beach and just look at the energy in the waves that are coming in. Massive, massive energy and just go, wow. You'll get exactly the same dopamine hit and it won't cost you a penny. So understand the psychology of spending, the psychology of the fact that we're being coerced to spend money on things that we don't actually need and probably don't really want. Understanding things like that, get some help. Go to the bank, get some help. All things that can help you get on top of your money and on top of your financial health will reduce your stress. If you can reduce your stress, you can improve your mental health, you can improve your depression, perhaps lower your heart, your blood pressure. I'm tachycardic, but I've been working hard to try and improve my health. My resting heart rate has now dropped to a much healthier level. And I've not done nothing special, absolutely nothing special. I've not taken any medication. All I've done is to get in control of things and to appreciate that I'm I'm being coerced by, by marketing, but I'm also failing to appreciate all the wonderful things that are going on around me all the time, all the time. I hope that this has helped. I was in this situation. I went through a breakup and a divorce. I found myself financially in a mess. I didn't understand what I was doing. I, didn't, I couldn't understand how things could have got so bad so quickly. I put the work to get into it. I managed to get on top of things, to sort things out. And now I'm seeing the benefit of that with my health. My mental health has improved. My physical health has improved. And guys, you need to look after yourselves. If you've gone through a situation where you've had a breakup, and if you've got children, it's even more important, you need to look after yourself so you're there for your kids. Your kids aren't gonna be there for you. You need to be there for your kids. And there is so much stress in modern life, so many divorces in modern life. We need to do what we can to limit the stress that we, ex we experience on a daily basis. And you can help that by getting in control of your finances and then you don't have to worry about them. You have a plan, you run the plan, you work the plan. If you have a series of steps you need to go through, go through those steps. I hope this has helped somebody. I really genuinely hope that this helps somebody improve their well-being, their mental well-being, their physical well-being and their financial well-being. If you found this podcast useful, please like, share, subscribe, tell your mates, all those good things. My name's Stephen Hooper and this has been a podcast from 22plusy.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.